Okay, welcome everyone to another week of Ramban ala, ala Parsha. Um, this week, I really want to limit myself to one major Ramban, and if we have time, another Ramban. Um, I think last week I talked about what I, what I think of as sometimes as being a meta-Ramban, which is a Ramban that really influences how he sees other Psukim, how he sees other Parshiot. We did one such Ramban last week. This is another meta Ramban, but for a different reason. It has no impact specifically on how the Ramban sees other psukim, but it reveals a type of philosophy that I think we've seen and we will continue to see in the Ramban. It's also important for another reason. Um, It's the first Ramban we're going to do that's basically Kabbalistic. We've avoided those in the past, mostly because I don't understand them and because the Ramban warns us away from them. But this one is so important, and it's commented on, first of all, by all my Rabbeim. Certainly, Rav Bik, Rav Lichtenstein, the Rav, all talked about this Ramban in one form or another. It, it plays out in the Ramban's worldview, and so we're, we're going to try. It's also, it's not mostly Kabbalistic, although parts of it are. Okay, let's start. The Parsha tells us towards the very, very end of the Parsha, really, to some extent, it's the summary part of how you build the Mishkan, although there's another part afterwards. And the Pasuk says, I'll meet there with B'nai Yisrael, really with Moshe, and I'll be honored, you know, with my presence. Vikidashti at Oel Moed vet Hamizbech vet Aaron vet Banav Akadesh lechahenli Vishachanti bitoch bine Yisrael Vehayiti lahem lelohim Viyadu ki ani Hashem alokehem Ashehotseti otam meerit Israim Lishachni bitocham Ani Hashem alokehem. Okay, it's, it's basically the purpose of the Mishkan. And the words that stand out and the words the Ramban is going to focus on, what does it mean, V'yadu'u ki ani Hashem alokehem, ashehotseiti otam me'eretzraim, lishachni bitocham. So Rashi also was interested in this Pasuk and what it means. And let's do it slowly. Says the Ramban, quoting Rashi, lishachni bitocham means, al minat lishkon bitocham. Lashon Rashi. It's conditional, right? Why am I taking you out of Mitzrayim? So that I should live amongst you, right? You're sort of agreeing in advance that if I take you out of Mitzrayim, you'll, you'll arrange for things such that I will live amongst you. Okay, and the Ramban says, No, the Lamed means something different than on condition that. Okay, what might it mean? V'yitachen sheyomar, says the Raman, as he often does. Here's a possibility. V'yitachen sheyomar v'yadu'u b'shochni b'tocham ki ani Hashem alokehem asheotseiti otam me'eres mitzrayim. It could mean that God is saying, when I live amongst you, you'll get to know me better. And you'll know that I'm the God. Oh, who lives amongst us? the God who took us out of Mitzrayim. Ki yadu'u, ki yedu'u kvodi, you'll know my glory. V'ya'aminu, 
And you'll believe, the more you get to know me, you'll believe that I am the God who took them out of Mitzrayim. All of them are lamids, which are read as if it means conditionally. Okay, really means right? You're choosing David over me. really means Okay, so the Ramban says one of the possibilities, he rejects Rashi, but he says one of the possibilities is that through my living with you, literally, as we discussed last week in the Mishkan, right, you'll come to recognize not that, not just that I'm God, but that I'm the God who took you out of Mitzrayim. Okay, now we get to the real point. Aval Rabbi Avraham Omar Says the Ibn Ezra, the purpose of Yitziat Mitzrayim was so that I could live amongst you. It's not unrelated. That's why I took you out of Mitzrayim. Vizehu, that's Pshat in the Pasuk, at the Snah, before Yitzias Mitzrayim, God told Moshe Rabbeinu, Ta'abdunat alokim al-hahar hazeh. Right? The purpose of Yitzias Mitzrayim is so that you could return to this exact mountain, this exact place, and you could worship me. And says the Ramban, surprisingly, given his fraught relationship with the Ibn Ezra, V'yafet piresh. It's right. I think the Ibn Ezra is right. I think the purpose of building a Mishkan is so that, I'm sorry, the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is so that you could build a Mishkan and God could live amongst you. And then he says, V'im Kain, if that's the case, and it is the case, says the Ramban, Yesh B'inyan Sod Gadol. If it's the case, that God took us out of Mitzrayim so that he could dwell amongst us, this reveals, says the Ramban, a, a great, great secret. And again, I, I'll translate and then I'll explain how I understand it. And you need to understand I'm not a Kabbalist. I don't have any insights into this. But I've heard a lot about it and this idea from my Rebbeim, and I want to share it with you. Okay, so what's the Sod Gadol, says the Ramban? According to the Pshat, and obviously in the Ramban, the Pshat is also correct. Right? He's not saying the Sod overwhelms the Pshat. The Pshat is true. Because in the Pshuto Shel Mikra, and how we understand the Torah, right? Shekhinah is for our benefit. Right? Shekhinah be Yisrael tzorech hadyot. We are hadyotim. And it's for our benefit that the Shekhinah does things. Velot tzorech gavoah. That's the pshat. What's the sod? What's the deeper understanding? The deeper understanding, and the Ramadan doesn't even say it, 
because I, I, I suppose he's afraid to say it because it, it sounds, you know, sacrilegious in some way. The 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 is that Hashchinah be Yisrael Sorech Gavoa. It fills God's need, not our needs. Now, obviously, you're thinking to yourself now, God has no needs, and of course, God God has no needs. But what if God created a world in which He has needs? He could have created another world. He could have made a you know He could have made a world of infinity, where God's omniscience and omnipotence and all His omnis, you know, can play out. But he didn't. He made this world. And in this world, the Ramban hints, God needs us. Now, how should that work? So let's keep reading. We're almost done with this Ramban, and then we'll talk. What does that mean? So, so the Mephoshim on the Kabbalistic parts of the Ramban and they're quoted by, by Rabbi Shevel in his parish right here, say, Yisrael asher b'cha et pa'er, you Yisrael, through whom I become known in the world, as if God needed us. Or try another pasuk. V'amar Yoshua, umata l'shimcha gadol. If we, the Jewish people, are destroyed, and there's something I think about nowadays during the war, if we're destroyed, what will happen to your name, God? Right? God is known in this world through us. It didn't have to be that way. God could do miracles all the time. He doesn't need us. But God created a world in which his name is dependent on us. And let me just finish reading the Ramban and then, then we'll try to explain. Upsukim rabu rabim ba'ukein. Right? There are many, many psukim that hint at this sod. Ivala Moshavlo, God desired to live in the Beit HaMikdash. Po Eshev Ki Evitia. This is where I'm going to dwell because it's what I desire. Okay, and then Vikatuva Art says, I'm not sure what that reference is to. That's the whole Ramban. What's going on here? So there are many, many ways I can think of in which God, you know, who's infinite and omniscient and all the things, would still need us or would want us. Some of them are linguistic. So, for example, you know, God is our father and we're his child. But what does that mean? Right? God is our king and we're his subjects. Well, can there be a king without subjects? Linguistically, right? Linguistically, to be a a husband, you need a wife. To be a father, you need children. That's just how language works. Without that, it can't be true. You could use these words as metaphors, but you can't literally make them true unless they're literally true. And so on some level, God needs us to be all the things that God needs to be, or that God wants to be, or that God is. I suppose God could have made a world in which he's the king without us. But he didn't choose to make that world. He chose to make a world in which his presence is dependent on us, in which Shechina, I'm sorry, in which, yes, Shechina Tzorech Gavoa, even though it's hard to say it that way, 
And that's how most people, that's how everyone understands it. But what does it really mean? When the Gemara says that Hakol Bidei Shamaim Chutz Mi Yirat Shamaim, what does it mean? The easiest thing in the world for God to do would be to make me fear Him. Right? What, what could be easier to do? God could just, you know, make a miracle. He can make a thunderstorm. He can bring disease. He can do all these things that He could do. What does it mean that God can't? What does it mean that God can't do anything? So it doesn't mean that He's, that he's incapable of. It means that he, He's limited Himself. He hasn't given Himself the authority to do certain things. God's presence in this world is contingent on us. If we do a Kiddush Hashem, as all my Rebbeim have taught me over the years, literally, we're Mekadeh Shem Shamaim, God becomes more present in the world. And if we make a Chilol Hashem, or if there is a Chilol Hashem, literally, God's name becomes profaned. God's name becomes less than it used to be. You know, not, not to lecture anyone, God forbid, but October 7th was a Chilul Hashem. The Holocaust, Rav Amital used to de- describe as a Chilul Hashem. Not because we did something, but who respected the God of the Jews during the Holocaust? If the perception was that he abandoned us, who, who respected the God of Jews on October 7th? If the understanding is, and I don't understand this, but if the basic understanding is that God abandoned us on that day and allowed Hamas terrorists to do you know, the horrible things that they did, so where's the Kiddush Hashem there? That's dependent on us. God's presence is dependent on us. Literally saying the Yud Gimel Midot makes God more present. Literally believing in God makes God more present. And God forbid, you know, the opposite is also true. The Rav once said, Adon olam Hashem malach b'terem kol yitzir nivra, right, the God who ruled the world, b'terem kol yitzir nivra. Nobody else, was, nobody else, nothing else existed. And God ruled the world. But, le'et na'asa b'cheft kol, when we came into being, through his desire and his desire alone, Azai Melech Shimonikra. Then and only then is God called the king of the world. Because Ain Melech below Am. Linguistically, God could be the king and the ruler. But Lamaisa, we think that that only works if there are subjects. And so, in that narrow way, this is what I think the Raman is saying in that narrow way, God needs us. Not in the way I need food, not in the way I need companionship, not in the way any of us need things. In a God-like way, He needs us to do that. And that's what the Ramban is saying here. That God has created a world in which He, quote-unquote, needs us. And yes, God took us out of Mitzrayim because He needed a place to live. And He wants us to build Him a Mishkan because in the world that He created, not in the absolute world, in the absolute word, world, God has no needs. But in this world, in the world that God created, He has a need that we can fulfill by building a Mishkan. And it's unrelated, but the Rav says 
with respect to brachot. Let's just take a good example. Right? So normally we say, Baruch HaTah Hashem. Well, it can't be that I'm blessing God. So it must be, Baruch HaTah Hashem means God who is the source of all blessings. etc., etc. But the Rav suggested, I think it's based on this Ramban. It's, it's a way of thinking. It's a way, it's a way of approaching God. That no, it really means Baruch HaTah Hashem. I, you know, little me right now am blessing God. I'm making God present. I'm building God up in this world. Why? Because that's my job. And that, that really comes to the, the sort of the final point of this whole thing, which is it's not that God really needs us. It's that God made a world and our role in that world is to make God present. Is to, you know, ahaveyu alahabriyot, make people love God. It's the role that God gave to all of us. And it's a role that we have to take seriously. And when something bad happens in the world, we have to feel bad, one, because the thing happened, but two, because it reflects poorly on God. And how does this happen? And, you know, why is it on Melchamet Mitzvah now? Says the Rambam, because we're fighting over Yichud Hashem. What does Yichud Hashem have to do with anything? The answer is, that the attack on October 7th was an attack on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Any attack on us, any attack on Klal Yisrael is an attack on God Almighty. Because we represent God in this world. And we have to take on that responsibility. We have to realize it's not a coincidence. God's given us that role. If we represent Him properly, if we really feel obligated that all of our actions reflect on God, and they do. And the Ramban sees the world that way. The Ramban sees our role in the world that way. That's why for the Ramban, there are no loopholes in the Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a sense of who He is and gave us a sense of what He wants of us. And there's no way to say, ooh, where does it say specifically that you can't do X? So the Ramban, you know you can't do X. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's given us enough values and enough sense for our role in the world and our responsibility that we know that that has to be the case. And so, I, you know, I, I think this is such an important Ramban, not because, you know, it's Kabbalistic and not because it has a sod, because it reveals how the Ramban really sees the world. And he sees the world as a place that God created and the God who created him, who created the world, who could have created any type of world, and who could have created the world in which he appears and violates the rules of nature every single day. And everybody would know who he is, and there'd be no doubt about it. But he chose, for his own infinite reasons, to create a different world. And that's the world that we live in. And in that world, God is dependent on us. And in that world, kipshat hadavar but in the world that God created, the Sod HaDavar is that Shekhinah Yisrael Tzorech Gavoah, that God needs us. And we need to take our role in this world more, more seriously and to recognize that we're really doing something that God needs us to do. Okay, that's the first Ramban, and that's the main Ramban I wanted to do today. But that leaves us time for one more. And that's the last piece in Parsh Tetzaveh 
where the Torah says in Perak Lamed, Va'asita mizbeach migdar kitoret atseishitim ta'aseoto. Um, okay, now, now a description in the Torah of the mizbeach hazahav. Now, you'll say to yourselves, and you'll be correct, what's the mizbeach hazahav doing here? Didn't we start Parshas Truma by describing the Aaron, and then we go beyond the parochet, and we describe the menorah, and the Shulchan, and all the other kelim? The answer is yes, but not the Mizbeach HaZahab slash the Mizbeach HaKtoret, which it's known by two different names. And the Ramban wants to answer the question, what's it doing here? Why did the Torah leave the Mizbeach HaKtoret to be described after not just all the Kelim, but after all the Big Day Kahuna that are described in this week's Parsha? All of a sudden now, we come back to the missing Kli. Right? It, it, it's such an obvious question, it needs to be dealt with. So says the Ramban. Hine, mizbach ha-kitoret min ha-kelim ha-pinimim ha-yara'uy shi-yazgirenu im ha-shulchan v'ha-menorah shi-humunachim ha-hem. Says the Ramban, of course, the mizbach ha-kitoret should have been described. First, we'll start inside. We describe the Aron, the Shulchan, the Menorah. Now describe the Mizbeach HaKtoret. Why wasn't it described in Parshas Truma? And he says, And that's how it's described in Vayakel. It's described correctly. So what's it doing here? Says the Ramban, Aval Hatam. Well, first of all, I should mention this. Rav Shevel in his parish on the Ramban quotes the Meshachachma who gives, you know, who gives an, an alternate answer to the Ramban. The Meshachachma basically says every vessel in the Mishkan had a purpose except for the Mizbah HaKetoret. Right? The Aron, and you could argue this, had a purpose. What was its purpose? It held the Luchot. The, what was the purpose of the Menorah? It had to be lit. What was the pur- purpose of the Shulchan? That's where you put Lechem Apanim. What's the purpose of the Mizbah HaKetoret? Well, the, the Allah is clear. You could bring Ketoret without a Mizbah. So, on some level, it's the, I don't know, it's the least important of the Kalim? Maybe, but that's not what the Ramban is going to say. Says the Ramban. Aval hatam lahazkiro kan achar hamishkan v'chol kela v'hakorbanot. The reason is described at the very end. Ba'avush she'amar bitashlum hakol v'nikdash b'chvodi. Or, it's a summary of the entire Mishkan, right? The entire Mishkan for the Ramban is a Makom Hashrat Hashchina. And when the Torah says at the end, it's associating the Mizbech HaKtoret in some way with the entire purpose of the Mishkan. And I hate to do this, but it's, it's another sort of Kabbalistic Ramban. V'zeh, I promise next week will be regular Rambans. V'zehu raz shenimsar l'moshe rabbeinu. Sh'akitoret otzeret ha Says the Ramban, the Mizbech HaKtoret isn't just another kli. It helps to summarize, to let, let us see the whole purpose of the Mishkan. The Mizbech HaKtoret on some level is Midat Hadin, 
and it will stop a magifa which comes about through midat hadin. Ki haktoret b'midat hadin shenamar yasimu kitora be'apecha min v'chara api v'hu ma'ashe amar b'kitoret zarava al p'nei kalam ekaved sheyedu b'chvodi ki lo yisalafi shachem. Right? What's the downside of the Mishkan? Think of Nadav and Aviyu. The downside of the Mishkan is when you're dealing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, literally with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so one mistake can be deadly. Because the Shekhinah is there. So the Ramban thinks that the Mizbacha Ketoret and the bringing of Ketoret helps us to counteract the Midas Hadin, which on some level we invite. We've built a Mishkan. We've told God to live amongst us. That's a fantastic thing. And any one of us would want to live in a world like that. But God is dangerous. And that involves a, a, a level of Midas Hadin. And the Ketoret can counteract the Midat Hadin. V'lachein amar kan v'natato uto lifnea parochet asher al aron ha'idut lifnea kaporet asher al ha'idut asher ivoid l'chashamah. The Ramban is interested in why the description of the placement of the Mizbach HaKetoret is so precise. Right? You're going to put it Lifnea Parochet, fine, in front of the, the big curtain. Asher al-Aron Ha'idut, which covers the Aron Ha'idut. Lifnea Kaporet, which is covered by the Kaporet. Asher al-Ha'idut, Asher Yivayla. Why? Umat Sorech La'arich B'chol Eila. Just say, you're putting in front of the Aaron. No, it's to make the point that the Mizbach HaKetoret and the Ketoret itself can serve to counteract the Midas Hadin that's found in the Aaron. The, the, you know, when you think about the, the Kodesh, when you think about the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so the Mizbach HaKetoret is literally ten amot exactly in front of the Aron HaIdut. Right? It, it's the furthest kli away, and I, I never thought of this before until I looked at the Ramban, right? You'd think that the menorah and the Shulchan who are closer to the Aron are more closely connected, says the, says the Ramban. No, they're not in line. Right? The Aron is here, then there's a Parochet, then there's the, the, then there's, I'm sorry, there's the Mizbach HaKetoret, literally opposite it. And when something goes wrong, when the Midat HaDin is offended, then you call on the Ketoret. And so, in some way, the Ketoret is there to help us, and the Ketoret is there to counteract the Midas HaDin. When, when the Pasuk says, the Chara Api, right, the Raman says, literally, it's God's anger. It's Charon Af. And what do you do when God's anger is kindled against B'nai Yisrael? You have to bring Ketoret. But the Ketoret will work. And so, says the Raman, it makes sense because the Ketoret has sort of an overall role. It's not just one of the Kalim. It's there literally to help us deal with the downside of the upside of having a Mishkan and the downside of the upside of having a Kaddish Baruch who live amongst us, we're, we're going to need, you know, penicillin. We're going to need the, the Torah. We're going to need, you know, and you see it exactly 
when Nadav and Avihu brought Ketorah for no reason, maybe it's not Ketorah, it's a dangerous thing to live in the Mishkan. It's a dangerous thing to have God live amongst us. Of course we want it. Of course it, you know, it makes us feel, well, I never felt it, but it's the most wonderful thing ever. But like every wonderful thing, it has a downside. And so says the Raman, at the very end of the Torah, describing how we build God's home, the Torah tells us how we can sort of fix what, the, what necessarily could happen, God forbid, by living in God's home and by God living amongst us. And that's a bigger purpose than any particular kli in the Mishkan. And so when the Torah describes the purpose of the Shekhinah, the Makom Ashrat HaShekhinah, the Mishkan serving that purpose, that's when the Torah tells us about the Mizbah HaKetoret. Okay, so we did two Rambans today. The first one, and really the one I really, really want to emphasize, but I want to make the point, that's the Sod of the Mishkan. The Sod of the Mishkan is that God has needs. In the world that we live in, in the world that God created, they're self-imposed needs. God wouldn't have needed it otherwise. He chose to, to specifically limit himself, right? Um, there are all these references in Slichos to God being not motzi asirim, but God being tied up, right? The idea exists. Everyone knows this idea that in some way God is limited, but he's limited because he chose to be limited. He's limited because he created a world in which our role is to make God present. I hopefully did a good job of explaining it. If not, I apologize. It's me. It's not the Ramban. And we'll try again next week. Shabbat shalom to everyone and see you soon. Bye-bye.